1: Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports that's Martin Simmons, that's Tom Fernelli, I'm Chip Patterson, and that's right, it's time for our Bowl Locks. So what we're going to do here, this is the first of three installments of the Bowl Locks. We are going to carry you right now through all the games on December 26th, then we will be back with you early next week to preview all the games, uh, at least through probably New Year's Eve-ish, and then uh, then one final that'll carry us through to, to New Year's Day, and the games that are after that gentlemen we uh, before we put a bow on the regular season title award our champion recap championship week it's been a minute how are we feeling uh it, it's exciting to be back with you here in uh at the in the war room for the locks
2: it's uh amateur psychologist week right? that's amateur right. psychologist month it's all about motivation now This is the fun part of the year uh I haven't done a whole lot of digging, but I've tried to get a good grip on the psychology of things. So hopefully that means I'm ready for this.
1: Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's weird because it starts on a Friday this year. And I feel like even though it's only starting one day earlier, it's like, whoa, oh, wow. Okay. both season's already here. It doesn't feel like as long ago time, but, uh, yeah, this is a more difficult time because of what you just mentioned, Barton, where it's like during the regular season, you kind of know what a team's motivation is simply because most of the games still count, And even the ones that don't still have some sort of meaning. Whereas in these games, you can never really be sure which team is going to care and which one just wants to get on with its life and move on to the off season. So there are so many factors at play that you don't really have to consider during the regular season that you have to for this, which makes it all the more difficult, but at the same time makes it a little more fun.
0: All right, before we get into it, uh, let's go ahead and recap our championship week. Uh championship week. The winner of championship week was Tom.
1: Congratulations.
0: Yes, I'm Tom. the champion.
1: That settles it. Boom.
0: Uh it highlighted by a lock fight win FAU over UAB. FAU thumped the Blazers in that game. Uh Barton Heaven gave you a half point. Tom got it at yeah, seven and a half. I, I, should
2: get a little, I should get a little credit for calling that I was going to lose that game. So I won the lock on missing my lock.
0: <laughs> so uh, Tom also had a win on the under 56 and a half in Ohio State, Wisconsin. Tom also won the Clemson minus 16 and a half first half play. And then the under 64 and a half in Boise, Hawaii. The losses, sadly, uh, we just had a big Oh, on uh, on our UNITY, Oklahoma minus eight. That was a loss. Uh, and then your other loss, Tom, was a lock agreement loss with Barton. Under 47 in Utah, Oregon. Oregon nearly covered that themselves. Once again, the lock agreement of Tom and Barton, an absolute kiss of death. Uh, four and two for the week,
1: uh, plus two. Strongest
2: Strongest principal play uh, uh, out there, isn't it? Tom yeah. me and me in lock agreements or lock fights, I mean.
1: Which, again, I'm the champ.
2: Oh. I um. won championship week and in lock fights. I beat him 6-2. Fortunately, we didn't have to go to the head-to-head tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah.
1: I am the champion.
0: 73-72 uh, 70, is uh, Tom's season total. Chip, I came in second place for the week winning Oregon plus six and a half winning LSU minus seven winning the under 57 and a half in Memphis Cincinnati and winning Clemson minus 28 and a half oh you thought that was too big no sir uh Hawaii plus 14 was a loss Ohio State minus 16 and a half was a loss and the Oklahoma loss from the lock unity four and three for the week 58 and 69 for the regular season Barton uh, he had a he had a big old lead and so a two and six championship week record. He went a little heavy. He was he was a little bit concerned at the time, and that ended up uh, proving to be true. We mentioned the UAB. We mentioned the Oklahoma. Uh, throw on there also the under fifty five and a half in Clemson, Virginia. That uh, Memphis minus nine. That was also a loss as Cincinnati was able to keep it a little bit closer. And then the under 47 in Utah, Oregon was a loss. The wins Clemson minus 28 and a half a lock agreement with me and LSU minus seven. Oh, we were lock agreement. We went two and one in lock agreements, Barton. Strong two and six for the week, 70, 54 and five for the season. Barton Simmons Congratulations on your second place finish. You won the regular season championship.
2: You guys know that's a a three-peat.
0: On the regular season championship?
2: On the regular season championship, that's a three-peat. I'm planning on retiring a la Michael Jordan, going and betting on baseball for a couple of years, (laughs) getting my head beaten in, betting on baseball, and then coming back to football in my sweet spot and and getting another three-peat.
1: We tied in the regular season last year, sir.
2: Yes, but the oh, total unit breakdown. Uh, <sighs> they got the there. That's
1: because you picked less games. I was more of a, I don't know, aggressive. I was I was braver. I had courage.
2: I picked a whole yes. five more games than you did. It's <laughs> all about making us, making us money. Making us money.
0: Are you guys ready? New slate. Everything's wiped clean. Bowl locks, Volume One. You ready to lock it up?
2: Let's do it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special, five star locks are coming
1: since 2005. when service Academy's weather. don't
0: get these locks. Five star master lock, lock it up.
2: Younger is thirty three We've gone over a million times. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover.
0: All right, for the honors of Bull Locks Volume One, the T box belongs to Tom Fernelli. Games through the twenty sixth. Take us where you want to go.
2: Well, I have a proposal. Why don't we in because we don't know when people will be listening to these, should we just go in chronological order and see who has a game who has a bet on each game by date?
1: Well, I, I have a lock for the very first game. There you go. So that game is the Bahamas Bowl. And my very first lock of the 2019 Lockspod Bowl-O-Rama is Charlotte minus six and a half. Or I'm sorry, Buffalo, Buffalo minus six and a half against Charlotte. This is, this is a nightmare matchup for Charlotte. Charlotte's biggest problem this season has been stopping the run. They rank, let's see... They rank 97th in yards allowed per game, 110th in yards per rush. And they're going up against a Buffalo team that not only runs the ball very often, but But runs the ball pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. They're averaging (laughs) over 250 yards a game, five yards per carry. Those rank ninth and 28th respectively. And this is a matchup where there is also, for those of you long time, you know, our weather forecast, this is going to be a very windy game. Barton, I don't know if you've heard the forecast for this game, but there are currently projected to be winds of 28 miles per hour blowing through Thomas Robinson Stadium in the Bahamas on Friday. It's just the totals pretty much already come down a touchdown because of that weather. So I feel like a lot of the value is gone on the total, which makes me want to take the spread a bit more because I do think that Buffalo still has a significant advantage. And plus, as I've discussed, Buffalo likes to run the ball a lot. Charlotte is a team that's a run-first team, though it doesn't run quite as often as Buffalo does. So I'm not sure if the wind is going to have that major of an impact on them considering we've already lost six points of value on the total. So I think this is just a very, very bad match for Charlotte, who had terrific season a terrific finish to their season to get to a bowl game Their it's their first right chip
0: uh first ever bowl game a five-game winning streak to close the season was a new school record and buffalo only its seventh bowl game ever still looking for its first bowl win
1: yeah so it this is a great story for charlotte it's just i don't think it's going to have the storybook ending i think that buffalo going to have a bit too much for them in the bahamas on friday afternoon and they're going to start off the bowl season with a win and a cover for Tom. And Barton, do you have a play here?
2: Do you have a play on this chip?
1: What? Wrong one.
0: And the, uh, the great wrinkle for this play is that this is the locks exclusive. This is, uh, only for the diehard listeners of the cover <laughs> three podcast because if you go and find any of the picks that I was asked to give on Selection Sunday or on Monday or on Tuesday, uh, the, then you'll find me taking Charlotte. And I will admit that I was taking Charlotte as a part homer, part investment in sort of the, Wheel, the Will Healy enterprise and as soon – I had to write the preview for this for CBSSports.com, and when it came time to actually write the bowl preview and really dig in and do some research, I was like, oh, no, this is the worst possible matchup for Charlotte. And there's no motivational edge for Charlotte here against a Buffalo team under Lance Leopold, great coach who's been building this thing up, and they are still looking for their first ever program win. Jarrett Patterson is just a dynamite runner. They've got two thousand yard rushers. Yeah, I, I I think that this is not a good matchup for Charlotte at all. So if you saw me on CBS Sports HQ which, of course, you can watch at CbsportsHQ.com or on the CBS Sports app, on your Apple TV, Roku device, or on, on any Apple device. Uh, I, I was probably picking Charlotte, but I'll tell you here that uh, my lock is actually going to be on Buffalo.
2: So, all right, full disclosure here. All right, so I had Buffalo written down Ooh. for Ooh. most of my research. Of this slate of games, and and then as I circled back and sort of double check what I wanted to play, I I started just thinking I actually have Charlotte written down. I, I switched just thinking, hey, I think Buffalo's going to win because of a lot of things you guys said, but this this is still. I mean, Charlotte definitely wants to be there too. Like this is going to be partially because of the conditions. This could get a little sloppy, a little crazy, a little weird. Uh, a Charlotte and, bet is on weird.
0: It it is that this game, like even if Buffalo wins, it's going to be by three, four, six points.
2: Right, exactly. So I'm a little torn right now because uh, I am because I've 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 got a lot of emotional investment in both sides of this because I've been on both sides of this in my in the lead up here. I'm going to just join in. I, I, I don't want to make this contentious from the start here. Let's go Buffalo minus six and a half.
3: I uh, uh,
2: uh, uh, That's cool. the way to kick off bowl season, right? I mean, yeah, holiday season, too. <laughs>
3: That's right.
2: Yeah. Holiday season. And plus, let's be real. Like, who is more equipped for kind of gross, soggy, depressing weather buffalo or charlotte i think buffalo is i think buffalo is more conditioned to that not only because of where they are from but the conference they play in they've they've seen a couple nasty nights in their day i'll I'll, I'll take the experience there charlotte merely adopted the darkness
1: buffalo was born (laughs) in it
0: uh and we're getting it on the short side of a touchdown too which Mm -hmm. even even in the event of an overtime uh might be able to uh to bring us home the w so all right we'll uh we'll we'll keep going in uh in some chronological order so i guess that makes sense too if you're a listener and you need to fast forward beyond it so our next bowl game is going to be frisco bowl is that right utah state kent state yes sir Frisco Bowl, Utah State against Kent State. Utah State is down to a six-and-a-half point favorite after opening an eight. 67-and-a-half is your total. Uh, I have a play on the total. Does anybody else have a play? I do.
2: Is it a- I am going to play this one, too.
0: Okay. Barton, where are you going?
2: Uh, I am going to go fade the Mac. <laughs> fade the play- <laughs> Getting the the fade-the-mac principle going earlier. Just played the Mac, now I'm going to fade the Mac. Last year, the Mac went 1-5, I believe, in the bowl games uh, with an average margin of defeat at around 8 or 9 points. uh, And that includes, in Ohio, 27-point shellacking over San Diego State, which is a little bit inexplicable. Um, But in this one... From a motivational standpoint, so Jordan Love is playing. And Jordan Love is going to the NFL.
0: Uh, Are we
2: sure he's going to play? Is that why the line moved? I thought he was playing.
0: Well, he got busted on a weed charge. When? Uh, Two days ago. Two nights ago. I mean, it's a a misdemeanor marijuana possession charge. Him and two other teammates uh, got... I mean, it was what the... The cops got called on them. They walked in. Uh, It just there is Utah State is aware of the incident and they are they have not made any announcement. But the question is, uh, will there be any punishment? Will it be for the full game? Will it be not starting? Will it be for the quarter? Will it be for the half? I think that as somebody who's looking to back Utah State, it is important to be aware of all those possibilities.
1: Yeah, and it's also Gerald Bright was one of the three, wasn't he? Mm. That's that's their leading rusher.
2: <laughs> um, yes. Uh, well, oh, uh,
1: 12 hours ago, hold on.
2: You guys have you guys have really uh, thrown a wrench into my airplane prep for this uh for this oh podcast.
1: This is, <laughs> this is from KSL.com earlier today. at uh, It was last updated at 8.13 p.m., so about 15 minutes ago. Three Utah State football players have been cleared to play in the Aggies bowl game oh, this weekend after let's being charged go. with possession. <laughs> yes. Jordan Love, Gerald Bright, and Sean Carter were each charged Tuesday with possession of a controlled substance, marijuana, spice, a Class B misdemeanor, according to blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's, yeah, it just goes into details, but the again, the, the lead is they have been cleared to play. Now, they could still be like a, you know, sit a corner situation. Not, we don't know that for right, sure.
0: Right, right, right. Not why start. Would
2: you, why would you sit? I don't know. Uh, let's see. I mean, remember when Gary Kevin, Anderson, su-
0: remember when Kevin Sumlin, uh, made Johnny Manziel sit like two series?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um...
1: I don't know. I just have a feeling there's going to be some kind of punishment for this.
2: Yeah. And, I just uh, don't think
1: you could let that slide without...
2: Okay. Do you have a feeling that Kent State is going to capitalize on whatever that punishment is? Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But uh, pay the Mac. Uh, the principal says that they won't... So. Look, the reality here remains the same. This was a disappointing year for Utah State. Uh, They've got good individual players. New coaching staff hadn't clicked. New offense hadn't clicked. But this is still one last showcase for Jordan Love on his way to the NFL. Now that we've confirmed and clarified he's going to be playing in the game, Uh, I am going to go ahead and play – the Aggies, Utah State minus six
0: and a half, and uh, to back you up even beyond that, um, it's it's been not just last year in terms of the uh, the overall MAC record. We'll go ahead and introduce this since it might come up again, but over the last ten seasons, ten seasons. The Mac is 20, 39 and one against the spread in bowl games, the worst of any FBS conference. It's so bad. If you want to start with the principle of fade the Mac, it's not a bad starting principle. Uh, Barton is locked in with Utah State here. Tom, are you uh, are you on the total?
1: Yes, I am. Dang, I guess we gotta. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking. Yep.
0: Yeah. We're taking the under
1: (laughs) because this is a situation where, like, I I think Utah State's a perfectly fine play on the spread, too, because I do think that they're a, a much better team than Kent State, who, like Charlotte before it, is a very good story, but is probably outgunned here. And I think that to go back to Buffalo with the whole fade the Mac principle, I think Buffalo's in a different situation because it's going against a Conference USA team, which is not exactly a juggernaut itself of a conference whereas utah state's been a good team in the mountain west which is the more difficult of those two conferences so as far as this game is concerned though even with now that we know that they've been cleared part of the thought process behind it was well the total's kind of high as it is and if jordan love and gerald bright are going to miss some time or miss the game altogether that's clearly going to have an impact on the utah state offense so I think that we're looking at a situation where the Aggies are going to be scoring most of the points in this game because I think they're going to be winning this game. It's just, let's say that you know Jordan Love and those guys have to sit out a quarter or maybe just a possession or two. That's still a couple possessions in a game, with the total is at 67. So if those possessions turn out to be empty because you don't have your starting quarterback and your starting running back and one of your receivers out there, that's only going to play to the under's favor. And I look at this Kent State team, And it's not a team that, you know, is something of a juggernaut. They offensively, they played five teams this year that are in bowl games. They scored 13.8 points per game in those five games. This is a team that kind of, you know, just beat up on bad teams which is what you want to do i'm not it's not an insult when i say it but they beat up on bad teams and they struggled in these kinds of matchups against better teams and i think that offensively they're going to struggle here so that total is too high for me as it is and then with the questions surrounding possible suspensions or just you know in game kind of punishments it it seems like the smart play to me
0: i mean it could be 41 to 10 be a
1: blowout
0: and we get this under by two touchdowns so that's why i'm on it too I don't know how many points Kent State's going to score. The Celebration Bowl down in Atlanta, North Carolina a t from the MEAC, Alcorn State from the SWAC. Uh, two and a half point favorites for the Aggies over under 51 and a half. Anyone getting in on the Celebration Bowl?
2: I would love to play that game, but I did not have time to do the research necessary to make a play on that. Sorry.
1: Uh, I'm not locking it up, but I would Aggies. take A&T before I took Alcorn.
0: Absolutely. Not with That is a championship program. Uh, Mm -hmm. Central Michigan against San Diego State. I believe this is the New Mexico Bowl. We got uh, three and a half is what we're looking at. San Diego State short favorite against Jim McElwain and the Chippewas. Over under of 41 at the moment. Uh, Any locks here? Nah. Yeah. Oh, baby. I got two. Whoa. Number one. We're going to San Diego State minus three and a half. Uh, uh,
2: definitely the under on the other side of it.
0: Yeah, and the under too. <laughs> like, I,
2: I, like you're not you're not playing an over in San Diego State game. So no. the only other option is under.
0: Yeah, this San Diego State is uh, a team that, like Central Michigan, did got a little bit hot late in the season. Jim McElwain got the offense going. They they put up like. I think they put up like 30-plus points in four or five of their last couple games. And 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 that is a good sign for a program that had a one little step back of a year. But, man, San Diego State, this is just kind of what they do. And, uh, you know, they once again got a defense that ranks in the top five in a lot of major statistical categories, special teams that ranks among the top ten in the country. And so I just I kind of think that in the uh, in the experience vein and sort of looking at the different ways that San Diego State's going to try to play this game, I, I I really think that we're dealing with another classic 24 to 14 San Diego State type win. So, uh 41's a low low number for a bowl game. I understand it, but we're also dealing with a noon local time kickoff. And uh, and yeah, I'll I'll be on the Aztecs. Give me San Diego State minus three and a half in the under at 41. No debate? No. Con-
1: no I, applaud, I, I mean, applaud you. Yeah, there's there's nothing else in this game that I would really want. So, I mean, I, I I don't love the spread as much as I like the under. But, again, the whole fade the Mac principle just feels like that's a safe way to go.
0: The uh, 41 41's tight. 41 is really, really, uh, really tight. Okay, let's go to Orlando for the Cure Bowl. You can see this on CBS Sports Network. Uh, You can stream it on CBSSports.com or through the CBS Sports mobile app. All you need to do is log in through your cable provider. It's Georgia Southern against Liberty. Georgia Southern, a four-point favorite, four-and-a-half in some shops as well, over under of 58-and-a-half. Anybody, any takers?
1: I am a taker, sir. All right, Tom, I, I will take it's four and a half. Some, I will take Liberty plus four and a half. We're going to, I mean, Liberty's going to win out, right, man. Uh, this is a matchup where, you know, I've option offenses, their biggest benefit or their biggest, you know, the, the biggest pro is that teams don't see them a lot. And during the season, typically don't have a lot of time to prepare for them. Well, Liberty's had plenty of time to prepare for Georgia Southern, which on the whole has been somewhat of an up and down team this year. It's had its high points, you know, it beat Appalachian state, but it's had its down points too, where it's lost games. that You kind of, you don't usually see Georgia Southern lose, at least not, you know, in recent years and recent vintages. And I think that this is a bad matchup for them because Liberty offensively is pretty explosive. Like uh, using my explosiveness metric, they're one of the more explosive total offenses in the country and they're really explosive in the passing game which if we flip that to where georgia southern lines up defensively overall they're pretty good stopping the run and that kind of helps their overall numbers but when you look at the pass man they have given up a lot of big plays in the passing game and i just feel like that's a very bad matchup on the flip side though they're good offensively, obviously, in the run game. Liberty's defense is not exactly anything anybody's going to consider be awesome. So I, it's not like I think that Georgia Southern is not going to get points. I think this is going to be kind of a back-and-forth, shoot-out-ish affair, although I'm not, I don't really love the over, although I don't think the over is a horrible play if anybody wants to go that direction. I just think that Liberty is going to win this game, and it's definitely going to cover more often than not. So I, I'm taking the Flames plus four and a half.
0: Oh, I've got no good read on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern has thrown me all kinds of loops, and and uh, I, I that unknown for me is what's keeping me away.
2: Uh, well, you can't possibly have a good read on like Liberty. They played New Mexico State twice. For yes. crying out loud! <laughs> like, what's? I mean, I you can't possibly have a good read on Liberty either. So, uh,
1: I,
0: th- I think I know course. what Liberty is more than I know what Georgia Southern is.
1: Yeah. And Liberty, Liberty held itself up well in games against, you know, the, against like BYU, it lost by seven on the road. It put up 27 on Virginia. It put up 34 on the road against Rutgers. It's, you know, it's, it's been a team that's gotten better. I don't think it's a great team, but it on the flip side. It's not like I feel like Georgia Southern has done a whole lot this year to make me stand up and take notice of them either.
2: Yeah, no, look, I'm not playing this game, but I'm just saying Liberty's wins. They have seven wins. Two of them are against FCS teams. (laughs) Yes, yes. One of them is against UMass, and the other three are for teams in New Mexico, one of which happened twice. Like, that is the most absurd group of wins (laughs) by any team in the history of... Uh, that I like that I can ever remember where there's actually seven of them.
1: Yeah, they like, have they have a very UAB-ish resume.
2: <laughs> like, like this. Think about this. This like kind of blows my mind. They so, all right. They beat they, uh, no, yeah yeah. They beat Buffalo. All right, so that's I'll get I'll get that to them. It's a quality win. They beat FCS Hampton. They beat FCS Maine. They beat UMass. They beat New Mexico, New Mexico State, and New Mexico State again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're all fine
0: programs.
2: <laughs> like, they are what all. The hell.
0: Listen, those are all college football programs.
2: <laughs> those are those uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> with varying uh, with varying numbers of scholarships available. Right, right. Those, they they are, they are all, all
0: college football programs that offer scholarships to play football.
2: <laughs> those yes, those are all programs that have players that will go on to be accountants that say they played college football, like enterprise
0: running a car. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, I am I'm scared. I I don't know what this what's gonna happen in this game. I I had a a radio uh, signing day radio interview. <clears throat> and it was before signing day and I was not in college football mode and it was in, it was in Virginia and I was asked to preview Liberty, Georgia Southern and <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. And so um, I'm still not ready for it. And I'll let you play that one, Tom. Uh,
1: in my, in my rating system, Liberty's schedule does rank 129th in the country. 130th was UAB. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Southern's ninety fifth, by the way, though. So it's not
2: like they've been, you know. So UAB's schedule is worse than that? <laughs> yeah. Good God. Yeah, oh, no yeah. wonder no wonder FAU rocked them last week. Yeah. I
1: told you it's like all their wins except for the one where either FCS teams or bottom twenty five teams. And Liberty's is in the same way. It's just Liberty played more power five teams in its non-conference schedule and like teams like BYU, which kind of inflated its SOS overall. But yeah, playing New Mexico state twice kind of dragged it down along with the two FCS games.
0: So when you got asked that question, uh, it was funny on ESPN, I think in the last two days, Adam Schefter got asked about urban Meyer in the NFL and the answer he gave, I don't know if y'all watch Parks and Rec, but it's kind of purred happily-ish. Like he just explained, he was like, well, what would happen is they would reach out to see if they could gauge interest. And if interested, there might be a meeting. And if the meeting goes well, there could be an interview. And then maybe we might see Urban Meyer in the NFL.
2: Oh, like, wow. Nice, 30 hadn't. seconds done. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs>
0: and so it's like, uh, Barton, can you pl- preview Liberty Georgia Southern? At 2.30 p.m. Eastern time in Orlando, Florida at Orlando City Stadium, Liberty will play Georgia Southern. Both yeah, teams you, have a 7-5 and five record.
2: <laughs> right, but the problem with that was is because I was rolling with such strong, like, I, I was I was in such signing day mode. I didn't need any computer or notes in front of me. So I'm, I think I'm sitting there like in the car or something. And so I don't know the records. And you, y'all know me. Like I don't even know the name of the bowl they're in. Like <laughs> I certainly don't know the city it's in. So that's not even an option. So I was just basically going like, yeah, contrasting styles, option, RPO, maybe a lot of points scored and just sort of talking about that sort of stuff.
0: Well, Tom yeah. just said he doesn't hate the over. That was not yeah. a bad answer.
1: There you go. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Chip. I'm pretty sure I have. But a few years ago, I was doing a radio hit somewhere, and you know that they call, I get on there, and I'm on with the host, and all of a sudden they're asking me NFL questions. And I am just, and I'm not an NFL, you know, it's like, but I, I follow it. So I was just like, yeah, okay, screw it. I went with it and I'm sitting there answering all these questions about like whatever the scandal was with the Patriots at the time. I'm talking about Eli Manning's career and his future. And I'm just going, I, I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. I did like 15, 20 minutes talking about a sport that I don't cover. And I don't know if they ever realized it or not.
2: <laughs> just like casual fan radio. Just, yes. We're going to have a casual fan on. Talking like,
1: <laughs> like finally I get to just, Share my NFL thoughts somewhere.
0: Whoo, <laughs> been bubbling up for years. Uh, all right, let's turn our attention to the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl down at FAU football stadium in Boca Raton. Uh, SMU, a three-point favorite against FAU, which will be playing at home, over under of 69 and a half. Uh, of course, we've got FAU playing in their home stadium uh, no Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin off to Ole Miss. Willie Taggart, who will be the next coach, I'm sure he's going to be a part of the broadcast or something. I mean, this is the ABC game at 3.30 Eastern time on that Saturday, the 21st. I've got a play on this. Anybody else
2: in it? I do.
0: Is it, it SMU? Is what,
2: what is Charlie Weiss Jr.'s role in this game? Is he like the interim head coach at this point or what? Like, is he, is he just running the show at 25?
0: I don't, I don't think he's running the show
2: coaches who is uh, FAU's interim coach. I don't know, Let's but see. I don't, I know that Charlie Weiss jr. Didn't come to is, is not the offense coordinator. At Ole miss. So, uh, no, y- S- Spencer, uh, uh, okay. uh, Glenn Spencer. Glenn Spencer. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. He's been a head coach.
0: And FAU's players publicly endorsed uh, him for the job, and then they hired Willie Taggart. Whoops. Uh, I'm on SMU. So am I. But let's hear the children.
1: <laughs> um, I a lot of agreement in this podcast <laughs> between you and I, Chip. I that might differ a
0: little bit. We've we had to do all those videos, right? Yeah. Lata. We didn't do
1: these games together, though.
0: Um, this this one to me is all about the different coaching staffs. Number one, but and also as I'm testing out a principle of the the team that plays the home game for the bowl game. I actually don't think that's an advantage at all. And so you know, Sonny Dykes, Rhett Lashley, Shane Bouchelle, an SMU team that in winning ten games. Was, that was sort of like a, a a triumphant moment for everyone involved, a big step forward for the program. I think that that might be a little bit of a motivational edge against an FAU team in transition without a head coach playing in its home stadium. And then on top of that, I just think that SMU is a really good football team that's a little bit more battle-tested from playing in the Americans. So, yeah, give me SMU. They might win this game comfortably.
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're aligned on a lot of that because again, yeah, like you know, we talked about the motivation. Well Lane Kiffin's gone, so you know, you're playing in your own stadium, so it's not like really a reward as much as you have to wonder if it just feels like, okay, well, it's another game and it's (laughs) and we we've got a new coach coming in anyway. So yeah, I just I look at these two teams, neither are very good defensively. So if you want the over, I don't think it's horrible, but just be advised that It's going to be pretty windy in Boca. This current forecast as we record this say it's going to be about 17-mile-an-hour winds. So that's something to keep in mind. But it's just these two offenses are both very good. I think SMU's offense is better overall. The numbers indicate that SMU's offense is slightly better. But as you said, Chip, SMU has done it against much tougher competition Then Florida Atlantic has in the Conference USA, which is pretty much the unofficial conference of the bottom 25 this year. Just so many bottom 25 teams hanging out in Conference USA this year. Meanwhile, the American Athletic Conference for a good portion of the season in my rankings was better than the ACC. The ACC caught up to it at the end and passed it just a little bit. So I think that SMU is probably better prepared from a talent-wise Aspect in this game that I th- and I think that in a game that could be very shoot-out-y over sixty minutes, I think SMU's just got a little too much pun intended horsepower. Take out the owl. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm laying it with the mustangs.
2: Uh, so in the interest of trying to limit my my action in some of these games I'm a little less familiar with and haven't had a lot of time to prep for, I am not playing this one. I had had a little bit of an SMU lean for a lot of the reasons you guys are talking about, but I'm a little spooked also by, you know, ghost head coached teams did pretty well last year. But if, if they're good going in, they're going to, and, and and if you believe in the coach, they're going to be good in the bowl game too. That's what happened with app state last year. That's what happened with Utah state last year. Those two teams rolled without their head coach. And So I'm not fully confident that SMU's or that FAU won't look really good. Uh, So I'm going to stay away.
0: Coming up on the other side, what should we expect from Washington and Chris Peterson in his last game going up against Boise State, his former team, and
3: more of the early slate of bowl games next Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right,
0: that brings us to FIU and Arkansas State. This is the Camellia Bowl kicking off at 5.30 Eastern time on uh, on Saturday. Arkansas State, a short favorite in this game. Right now around two and a half. Anybody got FIU, Arkansas State plays?
2: N- nothing here. Uh, no, sir.
1: That is a big ol' Get out of here, Camellia Bowl.
2: <laughs>
1: I, I mean, I wish I Where's could... Where's the
2: Camellia Bowl?
1: In the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery.
2: Uh,
1: Home of the Blue-Grey game, right? Or is that the Senior Bowl? Uh, no, Senior Bowl's in Mobile. Senior
2: Bowl's in Mobile. Oh,
1: yeah. so what's in Montgomery? What's it, what else is in the Crampton Bowl? Is there something else that's Oh, I might be completely off and thinking of something else.
2: Well, I guess that gives us Did the t- Senior Bowl used to be in the Crampton Bowl. I
1: don't know.
2: Well, either way, I've been to the Crampton Bowl before. I've seen some high school football games in the Crampton Bowl. It's uh, Montgomery is is not a destination city, so I wonder who wants to be in this game.
0: I'm going to say oh, Arkansas wow. State. If it, if you make me pick, I'm going Arkansas State.
2: Who, yeah, this, yeah, I don't, I, there's no psychology here that I can find that makes me, because this, the, the, a Crampton Bowl game is a psychology game, and I'm not finding a psychological edge, so I'm out. I was, Crampton
1: Bowl hosted the Blue Gray game from 1938 until 2001.
2: There you there go. There you go. Uh,
0: I would if if I'm going to give anything, the other Arkansas State angle is a uh, a fade Butch Davis play, but that is only anecdotally from remembering uh, his Monarchy Car Care Bowl performances against West Virginia and Pittsburgh, where North Carolina did not show up with anything really creative or, or spunky going on. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> to me, these have just been two very. Up and down teams as you typically find with with teams that are like seven and five and six and six, and six and six. It's just it's really hard to know which team is going to show up, which makes it difficult to pick. However,
0: we do have a, a big step up as we get to 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh this one's gonna be on ABC. It is the Las Vegas Bowl. The Las Vegas Bowl, uh, it's you know, first it got in, it's now it's got the Pac-12 against the Mountain West. Then it'll be trading out. For some uh, SCT, SEC teams from time to time, Big Ten teams from time to time, Las Vegas Bowl moving on up. Uh, this edition of it is the Chris Peterson experience as we've got uh, Coach Pete going up against Boise State where he became a, a real, I mean, no joke, a, a walking, living legend within college football. One of the winningest coaches in terms of percentage. Washington in Peterson's farewell is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over under a 49 and a half who's got to play
2: this is more this is more my speed here oh, I play this nice um, am, I, am I alone here or you guys got plays too. I'm out I'm out oh all right floors mine okay well <clears throat> ultimately psychology season and you've got a legendary head coach hanging it up. He's got one last game. He's got his, his, his kids are going to try to win one for him. Uh, I also think that Washington is that there's like, if they're, if this team is dialed in focused, has a good game plan. I think they'll have all those things. I still believe in this team from a talent standpoint. Um, I still believe that any sort of, any sort of, and, and there's reason to think that they could show up uh, disinterested in this game if not for the Chris Peterson effect. But I think the Chris Peterson deal will, will, will get them focused for practice. I mean, think the coaches are going to want to make sure that they send them out right. Um, and I just like wa- uh, Washington here to, to win cover
1: yeah I I have this in my six-pack for this week and I I took Washington to win and cover I just don't like it enough to lock it up but you know it's called the six-pack so I have to include six games you know
0: I took Washington to cover less about Peterson and more about a Boise State team that I think has been good especially compared like this Boise State team has been very solid but I think that there have been better Boise State teams. And if you were just betting the brand and if you're just betting the the whole like Boise State, what you're used to seeing... I mean, didn't Boise State win this game last year against Oregon?
1: Uh, Yeah, last year or the year before. It's been a recent one, yeah.
0: And I just... I think that compared to some of these recent Boise State teams that have all been contending for Mountain West titles, that have all been you know getting those kind of uh, you know getting that kind of the Florida State type win where you show up and where where you get a good Power Five victory, I just think that as the season went on, the this this Broncos team you know get great defense. They uh, they probably want to run the ball in terms of their DNA, but. Man, Washington's D is not going to give Boise State an inch in this game. So yeah, I, Bart and I endorse. I endorse your pick, but it's uh, it's not one of my locks.
2: I will say the hook scares me a little bit. Um, I think this could be close. I probably will be close. So I could see a four point win, three point win, somewhere in that range. So you know maybe think about buying that hook.
0: Saturday's nightcap takes us to New Orleans Bowl. It's the where the Sun Belt champion goes and the runner-up in the Conference USA, that is Appalachian State going up against UAB. App State a whopping 16 and a half point favorite. Anybody got to play?
1: No, sir.
2: No, I think App State is going to win by 17 points. And so that lines too that lines too good. I, if I was going to play as i play App State uh, just because of what UAB did last week, I mean, what was that score like? Forty not last week, whatever the championship week.
1: Forty nine to three, 49, I think. Forty nine
2: to, to six, maybe
1: something like that. Yeah, it was six, not it
2: was, six are on the board.
1: <laughs> wasn't great for the Blazers. It was forty nine to six. Yeah,
2: Um, yeah. So I mean, I, th- I, I think App State's pretty pretty legit. Obviously, their coach is gone, but they've already done this once with the with a new coach, and they just promoted the interim guy anyway. So uh I th- I think that App State's gonna gonna take care of business here.
0: I was thinking under if you're gonna make a play here because if the only thing not the only thing, that's that is not fair, but the thing that UAB does best is defense and uh and Zach Thomas, Darrington Evans, the rest of that App State offense is really, really, really good. But I d I don't know how many points UAB's gonna score against Appalachian State. So if my lean here was, uh, I was a little bit scared off a of sixteen and a half, but at forty-seven and a half, if I don't think I don't think UAB is going to get to twenty, you know, I don't I don't even know if they're going to get to fourteen, so I maybe lean under
1: there, but not a lock. You Com- know what the most critical part of this game is in my rating system. Appalachian State's ranked number ten, so with with Liberty playing Georgia Southern and UAB playing Appalachian State. UAB might no longer have the worst schedule in the country after this one, you guys. Whoa. Whoa.
0: Whoa. Congratulations, Bill
1: Clark. Congrats to the Blazers.
0: <laughs> uh the there is only one game on Monday, December 23rd. It's at 2:30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium, home of the Bucks. We've got UCF going up against Marshall. It is the Gasparilla Bowl. UCF minus 17 is your spread. Uh, are we at 17, 17 and a half? A little bit all over the place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got to play on this game. Let's hear it. UCF minus 17.
2: Ooh. Are you just, uh, just putting all the info out there. UCF's offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy is currently at Ole Miss. Uh, so, I think Josh Heupel can probably handle things okay, but I'm just, uh, just just making sure you got all the info, you you folks out there.
0: Yeah, I got that info. I think I think UCF was a. Uh, I mean, I am worried about the motivational angle because UCF is a team that has been you know contending for New Year's Six bowls and and playing uh, playing for AAC championships, and they haven't done it this year. Now, if that leads to them not showing up here in a game where they're just driving from Orlando to Tampa, that could be a little bit of a problem. I understand well,
2: that is the classic national champion who's you know coming in next season not playing for a national championship anymore. How motivated is a national champion going to be in a game like this? It's I get it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stick with talent here. I I think UCF is a a little bit. I think UCF still was a team that could have won the East. I think Cincinnati won a game on an opportunistic night uh, that was perfect for Luke Fickle and the Bearcats. I think that the squad itself still could have contended for the conference championship. So give me UCF.
1: Uh, I'm not locking anything up, but just for information purposes for our listeners, uh the forecast currently calls for temperatures in the low sixties with winds between seventeen and nineteen miles an hour. So that should have something maybe to do with your thoughts. But for some trends, uh the good news for Chip is that UCF's five and two against the spread in its last seven non-conference games. But the bad news for Chip is that UCF is two and seven against the spread in its last 9 overall and it was favored in all 9 of those. Meanwhile, Marshall last 7 bowl games, Doc Holiday 7 and 0 oh against the spread. But Ooh. but Marshall 3 and 7 against the spread in its last 10 overall and 2 and 6 in its last eight non-conference games. So, I mean, just based on that bowl trend though, it's it's pretty clear that Doc Holliday is going to have his guys ready to play in this game. It's just Will that be enough to stick within seventeen of a very explosive UCF offense? I don't know. Tune in Monday afternoon and find out.
2: Great Doc Holiday bowl spread line or number. That's uh that's I feel like we've we, I feel like we talked about that last year too. That's strong. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> well, I gotta put it out there. It's done. UCF.
2: It's no turning back. The, 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 card, the, the card's at the window. The locks like I'll be a (laughs) huckleberry.
0: The locks, the locks doc has been updated. Anybody want to dare jump on Marshall?
1: Uh, I'm not locking it up, but Marshall, when I've done HQ hits on it, Marshall has been the direction I've gone. Yeah.
2: You never really know how Marshall's gonna win. Yeah. It's just it's so it's hard to pick them because it's very hard to figure out how it's gonna happen. They just sort of do it.
0: Tune in two thirty. Monday afternoon
2: Uh, Tuesday December 24th
0: we're going out to the Hawaii Bowl Uh, Hawaii hosting this Aloha Stadium in Honolulu BYU is going to be visiting BYU is a two-point favorite in this game I've got to play on it anybody else I've got to play dang Barton Uh, Uh, all right let's let's we are how are we going to find separation here
1: I don't know (laughs) (laughs) This is my lock of the week. I mean, I am grateful. This game is on Christmas Eve, and I am grateful that it has returned to Christmas Eve where it rightfully belongs. Last year, it was like a couple days before. And it just, Christmas Eve and my sisters just didn't feel the same without a football game for me to watch. Uh, I'm also grateful that this game is a Hawaii home game because, man, do I love fading Hawaii at home. For those who are somewhat new to our podcast, since 2014. Hawaii is 13-26-1 and one against the spread at home. When it is a home underdog, it is 6-11 against the spread. Now, if we dig even deeper, we want to get past the trends. Warriors are 9-5 and five on the season. They've played seven teams with losing records. In those games, they scored 39.1 points per game. In six games against teams that didn't have a losing record and are currently in a bowl, Hawaii scored 26.8 points per game. So that's nearly a two-touchdown difference based on the opposition that they're playing. And finally, no team in the country has turned the ball over more often than Hawaii. Through 14 games, the Rainbow Warriors have 30 turnovers. 30. 30. I think that this is a very bad matchup for why we saw earlier this year, BYU went against an air raid offense like USC and had a very good strategy for it. Really, you know, th- through Kidon on slows for a loop. Obviously Hawaii doesn't run an air raid, but it does run a run and shoot, which is very similar. And I think we're going to see a lot of zone coverages where they're going to be like, Hey, Cole McDonald, make the smart decision. And again, 30 turnovers in 14 games suggests that Cole McDonald sometimes has problems making the smart decision. So I love BYU on Christmas Eve. I can't wait to be sitting in my sister's eating some, you know, I don't know what I'll be probably, I'll probably be eating cookies at that point. Once the game starts, just watching BYU route, the Warriors, me getting my cover, getting a win in my locks pot
2: I like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, just put on the tape of rush three, drop eight, Keaton Slovis freaks out and throws an interception.
1: <laughs> also, these two played last year, and I don't remember the exact score, but I do remember BYU blowed them out. Let's see, what the, the final score in last year's meeting between BYU and Hawaii was, where is that? Yeah, 49-23 to 23 BYU. Of course, that was in Provo, but still.
0: Yeah. I think you're My- going to win this. Minus two. nah, no, that's that's too short. Uh, taking us on the other side. Merry Christmas. Yay! Yay! Uh, uh, Thursday, December 26th, the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Miami. Six-point favorite against Louisiana Tech. Anybody got to play?
2: Let's freaking go. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys on this game?
1: No. Nope.
2: Um, but I'm going heavy, <laughs> heavy on Louisiana Tech.
0: Jamar Smith playing. Do what? Jamar Smith is that is that where we start?
2: I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know mm-hmm. anything about what's going on Louisiana Tech. I haven't mm-hmm. checked. <laughs> but I have. We're talking about psychology. The month of psychology. This is this is a psychological absolute juggernaut here that you want to bet against in miami i mean what like this is the this is how you play them in the regular season is you sort of find the holes where they're going to be not super juiced up about a game and or you know the let down spots is is really profitable with miami uh well and then i'll the i i was down in fort lauderdale for the signing day show at cbs hq and I spoke with a local media member that I will not name only because I don't know if he wants to, you know, I don't know if he wants his name out there. But he, he brought it up to me. He was like, yeah, um, you got a Pod coming up. He was like, you fade Miami, right? And I was like, I was like, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it because I hadn't thought about any of this yet. So he brought this to my attention. And I love this because seriously, they're going to Shreveport. Like, you think they, yes. get, they, they care? Apparently, they, they got all kinds of, like, like they're playing all the quarterbacks again. Uh, they, who knows who the starter is? Tate Martell's taking snaps again at quarterback. I just saw, it come across my Twitter feed, um, one of the linebackers has said he's not playing in the game. Because um, uh, he's sitting out for the NFL draft. Uh, there's just a, there is a, don't give a, Whatever in this in this spot here for Miami um and so you're talking about Louisiana Tech is to play the you with an opportunity to beat the you and the you doesn't care they don't care that they're there and so I'm this is my this is my first uh, psychology season spot here where I'm gonna feel good about Louisiana Tech
1: yeah, I was asked to give a play for this on Sportsline because of my record on Louisiana Tech and Miami games this year. And I'm also on Louisiana Tech. I just don't want to lock it up. I feel like five of them already in, in a short week is <laughs> I'm pushing my luck.
0: The DNA of this Miami roster has blown it against Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl then blown it against Wisconsin in last year's bowl in such a poor performance that Mark rick got fired after the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's, there, there's some bowl motivation issues with the current personnel. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think that it is fair for Miami's bowl performance to be a referendum on Manny Diaz, but it probably will be.
1: I don't think he's going to get fired. Is this a must-win game for Manny Diaz? Yes.
2: Yeah, you know that's it's. I really do feel like the 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 Manny Diaz. Um, I don't know. Confidence uh, is, and, and not that not that it should should be high, but I mean it is that
0: signing day didn't to be a go very well. Low point. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The old intro presser of the days of praising Manny Diaz for his intro presser. Feels like a long time ago.
0: And finally, uh, on December 26th at night, out we go out to Ford Field for the world-famous Quick Lane Bowl. It's going to be Pitt going up against Eastern Michigan. Pitt is a 10.5 or 11-point favorite, depending on where you get it. I got to play in this game. Anybody else with me? I'm
2: sitting it out. Yeah, you got this, man.
0: We are taking the sledgehammer, and we are going up to the concrete wall, and we are knocking him down because we are going to be taking... We are lining up with Chris Creighton, and we are taking Eastern Michigan plus 11 against the Pitt Panthers. The Pitt Panthers, in the regular season finale, lost a game to Boston College. They got Boston College bowl eligible as Steve Adazio was uh, well on his way from a hot seat to being on the way out. The Pitt Panthers under Pat Narduzzi are 0-3 in bowl games. It is debatable as to whether this Pitt uh, team is a a plus value-added team in the bowl season, and you're asking them to cover a double-digit spread? I gave all those statistics about why you should fade the Mac. And yet here I am back in Eastern Michigan. I am either uh, way misguided on this one, or we are going to find some real value with a fired up Eastern Michigan team and a pit roster that, you know what Ford field it's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, you know, bring your own energy kind of situation with a massive NFL stadium that is not going to be full, and I just think that you know, with everything we've seen from Pitt so far, going 0 and three with losses against the likes of Stanford, north Stanford last year, by the way, not like a, a good good Stanford team, uh, Northwestern and Navy, those are Pat Narduzzi's three bowl losses. I think that Eastern Michigan can keep this thing within double digits. So uh, keep this thing in single digits. So give me Eastern Michigan plus 11.
1: Listen, you you called Eastern Michigan a Mac team. They're a Big Ten team, Chip. They've won against Big Ten teams the last three years. In bowl games? No, but in the regular season. They've beaten Purdue, Illinois, and uh, who was the third? I can't remember now. Maybe it was Indiana. I can't remember. Relegate Rutgers. At Eastern or Michigan, no, it was Rutgers. That's what. Oh, there it is. Oh. Well, okay, so job. it's beaten two Big Ten teams. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so yeah, as I, as I'm looking for, you know, classic, uh, you know, great angle that everyone should research when they're making their picks is what have these coaches done in bowl games? Pat Narduzzi is 0 3 as a head coach in bowl games with losses to last year's Stanford, Northwestern, and Navy. So. Yeah, give me Eastern Michigan plus eleven.
2: So I, I uh, my initial run through, I, I wrote Pitt down my uh, minus eleven, and then I, I circled back. and I was like, what, what are we doing here? We, <laughs> of course, you don't trust Pitt in this spot to win by eleven. Uh, yeah. So that, you're, you're probably right, Pat. Right, on the right side. No, no,
0: listen. Pitt would love to win this game by a field goal.
2: Yeah, that would. They would prefer that, <laughs> right? They want to feel. They want to feel alive, just like the rest of us.
0: Uh, let's let's review our our bowl uh, locks for this volume one. Hey, we get things started at two p.m. on Friday with the. Let it's a UN-I-G-Y. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo minus six and a half is uh is is the lock. Unity. Uh, Tom is on. Under 68 in Utah State, Kent State, Liberty plus four and a half, BYU minus two, SMU minus three. Barton, in addition to Buffalo, is going to be taking Utah State minus six and a half, Washington minus three, and Louisiana Tech plus six. Chip is just, uh, I think that I've had to pick too many games because uh, this is a loaded card. Buffalo minus six and a half, under 68 in Utah State, Kent State. San Diego State minus 3.5, BYU minus 2, SMU minus 3, UCF minus 17, the under 41 in San Diego State, Central Michigan, and Eastern Michigan plus, woo, plus 11.
1: Listen, there there are 13 bowl games that we're including in this episode, and Chip has eight locks. Now, two of them are in the same game, but still seven of the 13 games, Chip's got action.
2: My man is hungry. <laughs>
1: He's, He's been starving these last couple weeks without any games.
2: Seriously,
0: I've I've had to, I've yeah, I've I've I feel really good about this. This well,
2: is I've seen you on a lot of HQ talking about this stuff. So I think you may, maybe you've talked yourself into a lot, and uh, I know how that goes. So <laughs> glad you could unload some <laughs> some info.
0: Uh, okay, we will be back early next week with a Bowl Locks Volume 2 that will include the college football playoff semifinal. so make sure that you subscribe to the feed Uh, make sure you go and check out the Bowl Challenge available on Sportsline. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson Gentlemen,
1: thank you very much. Thank you.